Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Great being here with you in Waukesha. I want to give a shout out also. There are many that are joining us online, as well as our campus in Muskego and Waterford. So let's just welcome everybody this morning, all right? Again, you know what? It's great. It is great to be together. Hey, do you realize it's less than a week to Christmas? This week is the week, right? How many of you just got a little more nervous? It's like, I'm not ready yet. Okay, how many just got a little more excited? Like, yeah. Keep it coming, man. Every day closer is that much better. Do you realize that in 2021, 92%, I don't know who the 8% are, but 92% of Americans will celebrate Christmas. That's over 300 million people. That's crazy, isn't it? 25 to 30 million Christmas trees will have been bought by Christmas Day. That explains why when my wife and I go through our tradition, we usually go and do one of those cut your own. You know anybody else do that? It's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, I keep trying to convince her it's not worth it, but hey, she's having none of that. Okay, but this year, as we couldn't remember how to get to the place we're going to cut it, we go online and there's a sign just a couple days after Thanksgiving, okay, that said, don't come. We are out of trees. We're saving everything until next year. It's like, what? So we went to Home Depot, okay? Nothing against Home Depot, but we didn't get a fresh cut tree, and it shows this this year. Because 25 to 30 million Christmas trees. And then the one we all know about, right, is that each individual, on average, will spend $648 themselves on gifts for family, friends, and coworkers which will translate into hundreds of billions of dollars just in America. Why? Have you ever asked that question about Christmas? Why? Why do we set aside December 25th to celebrate Jesus' birthday? Why did it travel all over the world, not just stay in Israel where it originated? And why do those pesky Christians think they have to tell everybody about it, right? Not irreverently, but I want you to pause, if you never have, and I want you to ask the question, the real question that every one of us needs to deal with, why does it matter? Why is it such a big deal? Well, as we think about Christmas, there's a lot of things that we think about, and there's a lot of things that we do, and a lot of things we prepare for, and there's a lot of things involved in it as well. But 17th century historian Philip Schaff put it this way. He said, this Jesus of Nazareth, without money and arms, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Muhammad, and Napoleon. Without science and learning, He shed more light on things human and divine than all the philosophers and scholars combined. And without the eloquence of schools, he spoke such words of life as were never spoken before or since. And without writing a single line, other than the time maybe when he wrote in the sand, okay? Without writing a single line, he set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more sermons, works of art, and songs of praise than the whole army of great men of ancient and modern times. 
Then he goes on to say this. Let this sink in. Jesus is not someone to be ignored. He is, without a doubt, the most influential man in all of human history. Let me say that again. He is, without a doubt, the most influential man in all of human history. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And yet, we don't realize the gravity because the fact is, he is still often ignored, even at Christmas. Even at Christmas. And if we ignore him, what we're not realizing is this. The first Christmas changed everything. And I mean everything. We wouldn't have the time to go through every single detail that has been influenced by Jesus Christ himself. It, it, we, couldn't, we couldn't handle it. We couldn't be here that long, and we're not going to. So I want to just focus in on two of the most important Two things that Jesus changed that first Christmas and he's still changing for us and providing for us this Christmas as well. In order to do that, what I want you to do is turn to the book of Luke in your Bibles, if you would, the New Testament book of Luke. It's the third one in the New Testament. So if you have a physical Bible, if you can get to the New Testament, you'll find Matthew, Mark, then Luke. If you don't have a physical Bible, go ahead, grab your smartphone. If you got the app, Turn to Luke. If you don't have the app, go to your store and download the app. But Luke chapter 2, we're going to see the most familiar Christmas story, the one that Linus made popular, okay? So Luke chapter 2, that one right there. And I'm going to skip a lot of the well-known stuff, because the well-known stuff, I'll just summarize here for you, is that there's this couple, we all know their names, right? Mary and Joseph. They're going to have a baby. They have to go to a place called Bethlehem, a really small town. There's no room for them there. And so they end up having him birth in a stable and putting him in a manger. But then quickly after that, just weeks later, they, because of Jewish tradition, find themselves heading to a place called Jerusalem because that's where the temple is. And this baby needed to be dedicated to God. Much like we've done recently here at Fox River, much like that, that service that we talked about, that praise and, and prayer time that we're going to have, the very first service of the new year, we're going to do some child dedications. We're going to do some baptisms. We're going to do communion together, a lot of great stuff, and you're not going to want to miss that. But much like that, Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple, and we see something very special happen. We see it in Luke chapter 2, and I want you to go to verse number 25. There's this meeting that takes place. It says this, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Savior, basically, is what that means, is talking about. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What a promise. Wouldn't you love to have that promise? It's like, you're going to get to see Jesus before you die. It's like, Wow. I mean, like, when Jesus walked this earth, you know, you only had like a 30-some-year time frame there to be born into and to be able to be in the exact same spot that he was. And that was the promise that Simeon was given by God himself through the Holy Spirit. And so it's time for that to happen. We see here, keep on going, in verse number 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, 
Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God saying, we'll get to what he says in just a moment here. But do you recognize, do you see what happened here? God promised Simeon that he would not die without physically seeing Jesus the Messiah. So God orchestrated this meeting ahead of time. You ever have one of those moments when that happens? It's like, you don't know for sure why, but the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do something or to go someplace. Well, this time it was Simeon was being prompted to go to the temple, to the temple courts in the exact place, in the exact same time that Mary and Joseph are gonna arrive because he wants him to meet Jesus as he had promised. And when the Holy Spirit prompts, he does so with reason. A lot of times we don't know the exact reason immediately. You notice Simeon wasn't told, hey, now's the time, Simeon, go to the temple and you're going to meet Jesus. No, he didn't tell him any of that. He just said, go to the temple. So he goes there and right away he recognizes who this child is, right away. We know that because of his response. Let's look at it here. If you jump down to verse number 29, this is what Simeon says as he holds Jesus. Sovereign Lord As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Now dismiss meant check out, meant I can now die. That's what he's saying. He's saying, God, I'm having one of those moments. Now I can die. There's nothing that could exceed this ever in my life here is what he's saying. So he goes on, he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You notice he used that term, now dismiss. Several scholars, in fact, have titled this short passage of scripture that that you see Simeon, maybe he was singing it, maybe he was praying it, he was probably speaking it loudly, whatever it was, they've titled it, Now Dismiss. They've honed in on those two words. Now you can dismiss me. Everything that's ever needed, you can now dismiss your servant in peace. You can do that for me right now. Why is that? Because he had received the promise, and he'd received everything that he was looking forward to. We don't know how old he was. Many would presume that he was an elderly man, that he'd waited many, many years for this promise to take place, but we know that he received it, and in receiving it, he received also or understood one of the greatest gifts of all time, and you notice what he attached to it. He said, I have seen the Lord's salvation, and it has brought peace. Now think about that. Is peace something that you think is going to describe your Christmas? Or how many would say, nope. Drama would be what's going to describe my Christmas. Don't you know my family? Don't you know I'm getting together with people I haven't seen in years, and it's gonna be awkward, and I'm not gonna know what to say, and it's gonna be uncomfortable, and then I have to give gifts to people I don't even care about, I don't even like. It's not gonna be peaceful, right? It's like, oh man, that's not the peace that he's talking about. He's not talking about the peace that mom told you about, right? Anybody else have a mom like this? I only need one gift for Christmas, peace and quiet. If you give me that, I don't need anything else. Anybody else like that? Yeah, right. Yep, that's not the peace he's talking about. That's circumstantial peace. We'll talk a little bit about that. He's talking about a different peace here. You see, the first Christmas had peace to it. It had a, now I can die in peace 
moment because I have made peace with God. The first Christmas, it brought salvation. That's what he's saying. The first Christmas brought salvation, and that's why it's a big deal. The reason that Simeon had what he had and experienced everything he needed is because he knew God, and he had seen the Savior, and he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. To see Jesus is to see salvation. To know Jesus is to know salvation. Would you say that with me? To see Jesus is to see salvation. To know Jesus is to know salvation. And that's why you can have peace. Peace with God. Why is that so important? Here's why. Because of our sin, we're at odds with God. We are. And we do that very early on in our life, that whole sin thing. And our relationship with him, it's been broken. Paul, the writer of a portion of the New Testament called Romans and several other books in the New Testament as well, he put it this way. Let me ask this question first. Would you rather have the good news or the bad news? How many are like, give me the good news first? Nobody is, right? How many are like, give me the bad news first? I want to end on the good news. Thankfully, God agrees with you, and so did Paul. So he gives the really bad news first when he says this. He says, for the wages of sin is death. And else like, What? What? The wages of sin is death. That's terrible. That's horrible. But it's true. The wages of sin is death. Aren't you glad he didn't put a period right there? Instead, he puts this three-letter word. And I like this three-letter word because when you have something really bad and then he puts a but in there, that three-letter word, what's that mean? There's good news to come, right? And so the good news follows with this. After he says, for the wages of sin is death, he goes on, he says, but the gift of God, Christmas gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying, you can have peace with God because that broken relationship, God fixed at Christmas when he sent his son Jesus to die is when it would be totally brought together and totally paid for. He's saying, forgiveness. Forgiveness and salvation are opportunities for you. They're gifts that I want to give to you as well. John goes on, he puts it this way. In John 3.16, maybe a little bit more familiar verse to you. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, they shall not perish, but have eternal life. He says it's a gift. That's when God's gift showed up. It's not when he started existing, but it's when he showed up. And this man named Simeon held him in his arms and he said, I have seen the Lord's salvation. Have you? It's so easy to ignore Jesus, isn't it? It is way too easy to ignore Jesus. But there's a lot at stake when we do. We miss out on the peace of God, the peace with God. We miss out on all of it. So he wants us to have that. In order to do that, how do we get that? How do we see that even? You know, something interesting happened to me as I was getting ready for Thanksgiving. I, I don't do all the cooking, but I had to go to the grocery store. I can't remember what I had to go to it for, but I go to the grocery store 
And there's this really big guy, you couldn't miss him, standing right at the door of Piggly Wiggly in Muskego. And I thought, I'm not getting by him. Okay, normally it'd be like, can I just walk by and not have a conversation? Because I know what they're there for, right? He's got this poster board. He's got some pictures, you know. It's kind of, you know, just kind of slapped together there. And I'm thinking, I I can just walk by him. No problem. No, couldn't. Because even before I got to him, he's like, hey there. I'm like, hi. He's like, Jesus changed my life. I'm like, Where am I right now? Am I at the grocery store? Am I in church? He's like, Jesus changed my life. He said, 20 years ago, I found myself homeless because I was an addict. And someone shared Jesus with me, and I got saved. And he changed my life. And I want to let others know about that. Would you help me? I'm like, absolutely, I will. Absolutely, I will. I asked him his name. He said his name's Howard. And the sad thing is, is my first thought wasn't so much about Jesus, but it was about how different I was than Howard. And I began to let things roll around in my own head, saying, has Jesus changed my life? And is he still changing my life? And I began to think, you know what? I've never been homeless I've never been an addict. My life's been pretty good. Then God reminded me, Jesus has totally changed your life. Some very physical things. I wouldn't be married to the woman that I'm married to right now, my lovely wife, Lee. I have three beautiful kids. I wouldn't have them if Jesus hadn't come into my life. I wouldn't live in Wisconsin. And for your sake, good to say, I wouldn't be a pastor without Jesus, right? That'd be a little hypocritical. None of those things would have happened. And I wouldn't have peace with God, and I wouldn't have the peace of God. In fact, I'd probably do what many in my family have done, look for peace through a bottle is probably what I would have done, most likely. But I didn't, because Jesus changed my life. He changed everything. And he's given me a peace, a peace with him and a peace of God as well. You see, then I began to understand, me and Howard, we got some great similarities. We do. And the greatest similarity is this. We're both sinners who have been saved by the grace of God because Jesus came on Christmas Day. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. I've ignored God. Before that time when he entered my life, I totally ignored him. Didn't think that I needed him. Maybe you're ignoring God. And he's saying, I want to change your life. But most of all, I want to change your eternity. I want to forgive your sins and I want to wash them away. But you're going to have to trust Jesus in order for that to happen. And you're still wrestling with that, saying, I don't know. I don't know if I need that. I don't know if I want that. And you're still trying to ignore him. And he's saying, I can't be ignored. We'll just come back around again at some point. Why? Because to see Jesus is to see salvation. To know Jesus is to know salvation. If it wasn't for Jesus, my sins would not be forgiven. And neither would yours. And that's the greatest gift that God could give anyone. So do you remember your first Christmas with Jesus? Do you? 
I want you to go back on that a little bit. Return to that moment when you really thought it was special, when you really thought, you know what, Christmas is all about Jesus. Remember the excitement? Remember what that was like. Now let me ask you, if you're a Christ follower, that's real for you. You had a first Christmas with Jesus and you were probably excited about it. Wouldn't you want somebody else to have that also? So are you going to let them know what Christmas is all about? Would you do this, as you heard us ask before? Would you invite someone to come here for Christmas Eve services? Because we're gonna talk about Jesus. And we're gonna share that he's the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. And to share that salvation is through Jesus and it's the greatest gift of all. But would you invite someone that you want to experience that excitement to be able to look upon Jesus to see his salvation, to know Jesus? That first Christmas, not only did God give us salvation, but he also gave us the opportunity to have the peace of God. You see, when Jesus came, he brought the ability to have that peace, but Christmas does not erase the pain. It doesn't. If anybody promises you that it does, they're mistaken. There's a lot of bad firsts that we're gonna go through this Christmas. Sometimes it's a first without a loved one. Sometimes it's first going through a divorce. It's a first losing a job and struggling financially. There's all kinds of negative things that can impact us. But Christmas brought us not just a savior, but a savior who can empathize with everything you're going through this Christmas. That means any pain, any suffering, any temptation, any loss, those are all peace robbers though, aren't they? When they become the focus, they steal that peace from us. And so we have to fight to keep them from taking our focus. Our focus at Christmas needs to be Jesus. And that's how we will have the peace of God when our focus is on him. And they say, what do you mean by focusing on him? You know what? Jesus put it this way to help us understand that he can empathize with us. Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 and 15. This is powerful, at least it was in my life. So much so, I want you to read it with me, would you? It's gonna describe the importance of Jesus coming on that Christmas. Together? Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You see, without Jesus and our focus on him, we have a right to be afraid. We have good reason to live in our suffering and dwell on it. But with Jesus, we don't. Because he, in becoming a man, did it purposefully, saying, I have suffered, I have had pain, I have lived through temptation just like you, just like you. 
I know what you're going through and I'm there with you. And I want you to focus on me and not on the pain. I want you to focus on me and not on the suffering. It doesn't wash it away. It doesn't say it doesn't exist. But it puts the focus on the one who can do something about it. That's our Jesus. So let me ask you, do you know that Jesus? Do you have peace with God? Could you say today like Simeon, okay, God, you can take me home now. You can take me now because I'm at peace because I have Jesus. If you can't, in a moment, we're gonna pray and I'm gonna encourage you to trust him as your savior because that little baby would grow up to be a man that would be nailed to a cross and through his blood being shed would provide for you and me the forgiveness of sin if we will take it. That's the only exception. It's a gift that you have to receive. If you're already a Christ follower, you have peace with God. Do you have the peace of God this Christmas? Are you willing to make that known to another person and invite them out to hear that message? I'm gonna ask you in a moment as we pray that you'd ask God to help you to have the boldness or the compassion or whatever it takes to do that. And then secondly, Christ follower, if you have something that is stealing your peace, would you let God know what that is? Yes, he already knows. But would you let him know what that is and ask him to help you to live with the peace of God over those circumstances this Christmas? Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that we're able to know Jesus to know salvation, and as a result of that, to know peace. If you're here today as we pray, and you'd say, I've never trusted Jesus, but I want to right now. I understand and I believe that he is the greatest gift of all. Then pray something like this. Dear God, I know my sin separated me from you, and I need forgiveness of it. And I believe I'm trusting right now that you sent Jesus Christ into this world to die for me so that I could be saved. I'm receiving that gift this Christmas. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me for the first time today. I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. Online at our campuses as well. Okay, all right. Lord God, help us to share your news, that good news of Jesus with others this Christmas, Lord. Don't let us ignore you. Let us passionately follow you and to bring others along with us as we do. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name and everyone in agreement said together, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.